Okay, and here we go. We're off and running here. Uh, this is Market Knowledge, and my guest today is super excited about this one. He is uh, the owner, CEO of the gym, which I think there's five locations now, owner of an international fitness events company, and uh, CFO, Invent Medical, a medical device company, and just an all-around serial entrepreneur and great guy, George Jackson is here. Hey, George, how are you? Great, Bob. Thank you for uh, having me on. And, you know, it's been fun being able to work with you on projects already. You know, I mean, uh, uh, you were uh, really instrumental in our, our new growth and uh, helping us get our Chula Vista location and also um, helping Invent Medical, you know, uh, find ways to to expand our, our space. And, uh, you know, we look forward to working with you on that. And, you know, that's super exciting too. So I'm fortunate to be able to spend time, a lot of time with you working on our the expansion of our business. And I, and I really appreciate that. Well, it's, it's my pleasure. It's been, it's been great. And, um, your story, I'm going to, you know, typically I take about 20, 30 minutes to do these things, George, but your story is so incredible. I might need a little, a little extra time. <laughs> because <laughs> you have done some amazing things. And, you know, I want to start kind of going way back. Um, you know, as you indicated, we spent some time together. But one thing I really, I don't think I ever really asked you about was, I know you were a, a you know, a really great tennis player, athlete, you know, going to USC. Um, I think, I think professional surfer might have been part of what you were doing too at one point. And so how do you go from, great athlete to entrepreneur in the, in the gym business. How, how does that come about? You know, I think mostly experience, right? I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think all of us, you know, you have an amazing background too, just, you know, being <laughs> as a news anchor and now in the real estate business. Right. And I, I, you know, I think it's, it's relationships that you build along the way. Right. And, 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 um, that is a huge part of, of success in my opinion. You know, I, I think um, getting to know people well and then working well together, um, you know, leads you in different paths. So my path was early on, you know, as somebody who was always an athlete and, and wanting to be better. And so that led me to the weight room. Right. So um, at a young age, I started training hard and, and heavier as I got older. And that ended up leading me to Gold's Gym. Right. And in, in, in Venice and um as a CPA, I met the owners of, of, of Gold's Gym and I started helping them with their business and that got me involved heavily in the fitness business. And, and it's built my core, um, the way I run businesses, at least my fitness business since then, right? Being exposed to the growth of Gold's Gym, World's Gym, and now my own brand, TG The Gym, um, all that base of knowledge is, is built up and given me the um, kind of the... Um, the past view of what it is to where we are now. And it's, it's definitely helped me in, in all the business decisions I make. So I want to stay on that for a second, because that's, that's super interesting. A lot, there's a, especially nowadays, there's a, there's a lot of entrepreneurs uh, or they think they're entrepreneurs. They've got a great idea. Uh, but, it, you know, going from great idea to the execution of that idea to a really profitable uh, operation is, is a big step. 
how do you go from uh, being a CPA and, and kind of helping uh, uh, the, the gyms um, to starting your own gym, gym, you know, making that big step? You know, when I, when I look at business, I, you know, I just, and I know you're the same, Bob, you know, you've been on great teams in your life. You've played football at a very high level in college and, and you're on a team of, of real estate people that, you know, are very successful. Right. And for me, it's, it's definitely not me. Right. It's, it's, it's the team. It's, it's the people that you put on your team that can sustain success. Right. Because if it was just up to me, only me, we would have failed a long, long time ago. I, you know, <laughs> I, make, I make a lot of mistakes every day, you know, and you need, you need a team behind you that, you know, that complements you and, and can make you successful, right? Because I, I, you're not a success on, a, on an island by yourself, that's for sure, right? Yeah, yeah. So did you have a, a mentor or a partner uh, along the way or initially that really helped you learn to do what you're doing? You know, I wish I did, right? Because I yeah. probably would have saved a lot of agony and defeat and failure, but I didn't. And so I had to learn the hard way. You know, we made lots of mistakes. I was just fortunate. My very first partner is a gentleman by the name of Rick Stevenson. And uh, for 37 years, I mean, we've just, we've hit it out of the park for every single year, every single day, um, only because of the team that he built, right? I mean, I've owned lots of other gyms, but my main gym that I've always owned is the gym in San Diego and Pacific Beach. And for 37 years, I, it's never had a bad day only because Rick doesn't allow it to have a bad day. And, and his team is the same way. I mean, Rick's been there 37 years. The rest of his team on average has been there over 30. Um, you know, to me, that's the, that's the Chicago Bulls plus 20 or 30 years, right? I mean, as you yeah. know in business, I mean, to be successful every day, man, it's an everyday grind. People don't want to talk about that, right? But it's it's every day waking up at five in the morning and working your butt off for you know till six or seven o'clock at night, you know. And and in Rick's case, he had to, he raised five boys, you know, in between all of that, right? So that's that's somebody really really knows what he's doing every day. Yeah, you know, George, uh, being an entrepreneur is not for everybody, right? I mean, no. it's it's you eat what you kill. It's an everyday yeah. grind. It's scary, you know, a lot of the times. Um, how have you survived in this entrepreneurship, owning your own business 40 plus years? Is, is there something that you can kind of point to? And maybe it's a daily habit. Maybe it's just uh, your mindset. Uh, is there something that you can point to to kind of help help other people realize, you know, what what it takes? You know, at least I could just speak for myself, right? Um, and for me, it's resilience, right? Just the, that this is what I wanted to do when I knew that it was something I could do. So as early as, you know, maybe my late teens or early 20s, you know, having the, the knowledge that I wanted to have my own business, but then having the resilience to make it work, right? No matter what. So no matter what, how bad it was, I was going to be resilient to get through it. And then second thing for me is being magnanimous, which for me is means being gentle and kind, but also being the best leader I can be. Um, and for, for a greater cause, I mean, fitness business for me was a greater cause, you know, making people healthy, 
um, and uh, having them have a place to exercise every day that had great equipment and a great environment, that's a greater cause. At Invent Medical, um, you know, we're saving people's lives with a, a medical device. And always having a greater cause for me has been something that drives me. That's great. And, and you mentioned this a little bit and kind of resonates with me is, you know, the, the past failures are, are just really lessons, right? I mean, yeah. you, you said you didn't have a mentor uh, per se, but so you kind of had to kind of pay your dues. And believe me, I, I've, I've paid a lot of dues in my time as well. All my, let's just call them lessons. All my lessons have been tough uh, yeah. over the years. Um, but really, that's how, that's how you get to where you are, right? Yeah. I, you know, you all appreciate this because this deals a lot with real estate. So the first, uh, our first PB gym was an existing gym that went out of business. Um, the landlord wasn't getting rent. We were able to um, get the landlord to believe in us and, and you know, for, for a premium rent. So, you know, you'll get a kick out of this. Bus. So in 1985, 86, we rented a building in PB that was 5,000 square feet. And because the landlord's previous tenant was a gym and it went out of business and he wasn't getting rent. So he charged us a buck a foot back then. So it was 5,000 a month in 1986, right? But we didn't know any different, right? I mean, yeah, I was 25 right. years old. It's 5,000 a month. Right, we'll make it work, right? Let's go. And, you know, and we did. But then, you know, we grew fast. We did great. So we opened our second, we wanted to open our second gym, but it was a, it was a, you know, there was nothing in it, right? So as you know, Bob, I didn't know anything, right? I wasn't an architect. I wasn't a contractor. I signed the lease without even knowing that I needed building plans, right? So a friend of ours was a contractor and he starts like building the locker room and stuff. We don't even have permits. One day the city guy comes by and goes, what the hell are you guys doing? We're like, we're building a gym. It's like, wait, hold on. You guys need some building permits. You got to get, <laughs> so we had to, so total failure, right? So then we had to like, we're already like building the gym we already had equipment in there and now we're getting shut down because we don't really have the right permits to, to do what we were doing right yeah so, yeah talk about learning the hard way right <laughs> well i know right but that, that's that's how you do it you know you'll, you'll never make those mistakes again right yeah well the great news for that is we found this a friend of mine was an architect at usc and then you know we had now we've, we've had this relationship for 30 years he's built all our gyms but in 1987 i had no idea i had to do all that stuff right right yeah, part of it is finding the right people, the right partners, the right contacts, and you kind of get those along the way. I, I want to bring up something on real estate um, because you had mentioned something to me that's really stuck with me for months now. And it was, and I'm not going to say it exactly correct, but it was something to the effect of, you know, uh, you're, you're telling me this. I, I love my businesses and they're doing great, but I'm really acquiring or gaining wealth through real estate. And I want you to expand on that a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because, you know, the gym business, unfortunately, you know, because I've been in it for, gosh, 30, almost 40 years now. Um, when I got into it, you know, an average membership for an average club was $50 a month. You know, now it's 10 bucks. So, yeah. you know, the costs have gone up, you know, as you know, from a real estate perspective, but our, the pricing model for us, like the, the, the pricing or the, or the, the value propositions changed totally for me. You know, I mean, equipment prices gone up, the cost to build a gym's gone up, except our prices have all gone down. Right. 
So what I've learned over the years is as I've seen the prices, price pressure go down, but real estate prices have gone up. So if I could buy real estate at a, at a good value and have a sustainable business, my business value maybe is not going to, it's not going up as high fast as the real estate values are. And so fortunately I learned that in the nineties and we've been able to acquire properties, you know, over that period where it made sense. Right. Cause as you know, if I buy a property at too high of a value, then it doesn't make sense either because then maybe my mortgage payment is more than I would pay for a lease. So nice. the good news for me is I figured out a long time ago that if I could get my mortgage payment way lower than I could lease it, it's a win-win, right? I'm going to make more money in my business and the value of my real estate's always going to be increasing as it has for the last 35 years. And so then I'm, I'm, I'm returning my investment double fold, right? Because of, I'm paying less of a lease. Now I have a, a sustained advantage over my co a competition and my right. property values are going up. Yeah, no, that's great. And, you know, a lot of people have used that formula to acquire wealth and real estate, you know, but running their business out of it and and, and doing it again and, and really kind of repeating that model. The the building in PB, it's it's really like an iconic San Diego place i think i mean i've been driving by there i'm i'm a native and so you know for 40 years i remember going by that building do do people come up to you all the time and say oh i, I know that place you know that i mean everybody knows that that gym yeah i you know the good news for me is i try not to be the face of my organization only because i don't work at those gyms day in and day out so most people don't even know i own it which is good right yeah. <laughs> so, um, right. But when, they, when, when somebody like yourself does yeah for sure i mean you know in my little world of, of serious fitness uh, that gym's probably the one of the most iconic gyms in the world i mean people from all yeah. over the world come there to work out i mean uh, and that makes us really excited, right? And we know we have a special environment because we've created it over the last 36 years. I mean, there's, you know, you work out, Bob. I mean, if you went into that gym, there's no way you can't get excited to lift a little heavier or train a little harder. That's what happens when you walk in there. You just walk in there and go, okay, now I know I got to get serious. Well, let me go drop the phone back off on my car because it's time to work out hard today. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, <laughs> excuse me. And that's your model, right, for for – your gyms is the, the I don't know if do I say the hardcore workout yeah. person? Is that right to say? Yeah. yeah. I mean someone who's really into it, they're gonna go and lift some big weights and build their body up. Right. Yeah. Um so I want to get into the uh invent medical too, but first before we get, we do that, uh how are things, you know, we got to talk about the pandemic a little bit because I want to get your perspective on it. You've got your um, your fitness, um, you know, the, the events model that that you do as well, and then your gyms. Are are things getting back to somewhat of a normal yet? Or I know we're we're not in the right tier probably, um, but even that's beginning to be hard for just the regular person to follow. Uh, how is it going now? I know you're still growing because we've been, you know, you've opened up a new gym, but, but how, how are things just on that landscape now? Um, I think for my community, it's, uh, it's essential for them to exercise and train hard every day. So, um, 
we have been fortunate that you know we've invested you know hundreds of thousands of dollars almost a million dollars in outdoor gyms um, so we um, have been open the whole time um, making sure that our uh, community has a place to train and so you know for that uh, bold move we've been reward we we've been very rewarded i mean our our uh, gyms are doing amazing so uh, but we had to invest a lot of money for that to happen so you know as you know in chula vista we built a large outdoor gym out there in pb we built a permanent outdoor gym at our pb gym uh, in vista we have looks like a football field we put down turf and we have a huge huge outdoor gym there um, victorville we didn't do that we just stayed inside because it's just too hot outside and apple valley the same way and um but uh, we I guess for me personally, just because I do work for Invent Medical, and I and I know uh, probably I feel sometimes maybe at least a little bit too much, or maybe more than um, I think I know. But I, I just truly believe from the day that the pandemic hit that um, governments overreacted by locking down and shutting down, and um, I, I always believe that as a small business owner, we're always going to put our customers first, and we'll figure out a way to keep them safe. And um, I know we did that with all our members, and uh, and I feel excited about that by providing them outdoor gyms. We we found out early that there was no transmission outside, um, and so we kept our gyms open the whole time and never closed. Do you think? Well, let's say, are there going to be any long term things that you'll do? Well, for example, when things get back to normal. Are you going to continue to, to have a much bigger outside workout area? Are there some long-standing effects to the pandem pandemic that you'll continue to to do? Yeah, I mean that's the fortunate thing with owning our own properties, right? So, like especially in PB, I mean we spent crazy amounts of money making our outdoor gyms permanent, right? Yeah, Vista, right. even though we own our property, our parking lots, as you know, it's a common area. Even though we built the area in the parking lot. We'd love to keep that outdoor area permanent, but it's going to be a little bit more difficult. So, um, you know, where we could, where, since we owned our properties, we'd make our outdoor areas permanent. We did. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so that will, that will continue, right? There'll be a, yeah. an outside area as right. things get Which, back you know, For me, it's been great, right? Because now we permanently have outdoor workouts and they're yeah. awesome. Right. So now, you always have your choice. It's like today, do I want to work outside or do I want to work out inside? So yeah, well, and we're in San Diego, right? Where where else can you do that? I you know maybe there's a couple places in California, but that's it. You can't go work out in the summertime in Florida or Texas. I mean, it's it's kind of an amazing feature that you have now. Yeah, no, I, and I, you know that's what happens when tough things come about, and you know that's what's fun about being a small business owner and. Even if we were larger, I probably would have been the same way, but you just, we're just very nimble, right? We, we, we got together as a group of, and a great team, and great teams solve problems, right? I mean, you know, on a football field or a basketball court, the great teams will figure out a way to win. And um, I think that's what we did as a team during this pandemic. We figured out a way to win. Yeah. Well, and how does being a CPA helped you over the years? And did you make a conscious decision? I don't know if, was, if that was something that you had all along is, is that accounting background, or did you decide this is important, I'm gonna go back and become a CPA? 
but I, you know, that's probably the only little mentoring experience I ever had in my life. So, you know, when I was at USC, um, you know, I, I had to work as a longshoreman to pay for school, right? So um, my perspective in school was I got to get the most out of this because, you know, I'm working eight at night to four in the morning, getting to school at 10. And I realized because I was paying for school, it was costing me, you know, like 40 bucks an hour to be sitting in that room. Right. And, you know, I'm getting paid 30 bucks an hour. I'm like, that's just cost me more to sit in this room than, you know, I'm making. Right. So um, and I, my goal was always to have my own business once I was in business school at USC. So uh, just long story short, I'm in a, a marketing class because I thought marketing was the way that I, I needed to learn marketing if I was ever going to sustain a business. Right. Yeah. And some guy from Kraft Foods happened to be giving a lecture in our marketing class saying, hey, did you know that accounting is the language of business? And if you were smart, you would change your major to accounting right now so that you could learn how to raise money for the business you want to own one day. Because a marketing guy pitching, pitching a, a financial guy to give him money is going to lose over a CPA who has more depth of knowledge pitching in money any day of the week. And so that's how I got to be a CPA. I just said, hey, you know what? Worst case is if I fail as a businessman, uh, I could always be a CPA and, and, and you know, do somebody else's books. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and I, I bet you you think about that now is, is probably the best thing you ever did. Oh, by far. And, you know, that was the greatest advice I ever had. Right. I mean, because if I would have just stayed a marketing major, I would have never had the background I have in, in producing financial statements, doing tax returns, um, learning the whole financial landscape of how do I put the projections together to get a lender to, to have confidence that I could achieve them. Right. Yeah. Just just learning that whole language of business. And which is a good segue to what you're doing now as well, which is the uh, Invent Medical. Uh, tell me a little bit more about, I know, it, I mean, I know, let's tell everybody a little bit more about it. And uh, I also want to know how you got into it initially. You know, again, for a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, the confidence of taking the step into getting into what I assume is a little bit of a different business for you going into the medical device industry and just taking that step, even though you've got, you know, 40 years of business background and you know, it's a little bit different, but taking that initial step into a new venture, how, how did that all come about? You know, I, and I think it starts at the start of our conversation, right? It's about relationships and people, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's what life's about, right? I mean, I, I'm fortunate enough to have friendship with you and, you know, that's resulted in me getting another location in Chula Vista, you know, so that they're just so, that's just so excellent. But, you know, um, I met my partner, Sam, geez, 20 some years ago, just helping a business that he was working for, giving them some advice on, on getting financing. So that's how Sam and I met over 20 years ago. And Sam was the inventor of that product, too. And so when I met him, I was just like, gosh, this guy is extraordinary. I got to figure out a way to partner up with him one day. So that's kind of, you know, it's just the long relationship of knowing somebody for a long time. And then 
in 2014, he finally said to me, he, I was grateful that he's the one who called me and said, hey, George, I need somebody like you to help me with the accounting and, and business aspects of uh, this business I want to start. And as you know, we got, we had a small investment to start and I put in money, he put in more money. And for the next, from 2014 to 2018, Tim and I were the sole, you know, people that brought in the money, right? In terms of keeping us going. Then we got a small investment from an outside investor in 2018. Um, and now we're, you know, on the cusp of um, producing our first units and selling our first product. But that's a long time, right? I mean, you know, as an entrepreneur, one of the things I've learned is you need, if you really want to be uh, sustainable, you need other income sources, right? So I obviously had my gyms, but, um, six years, you know, without a paycheck at Invent Medical for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, and that's important. And, and that's why I wanted to talk about it a little bit, because, uh, you know, there, there's none of these overnight, you know, this is what's happening. And it's just taking place over the past six months. I mean, this is, this is relationships, deep relationships. And then, like you said, five, six years of work in progress along the way. Yeah. You know, and, and, I think for me, the thing I've learned over my my life of owning businesses, you know, some like a gym, you know, it needs to be successful from day one, right? For a company like this is developing a product, it's going to take a long time to get to that that success point. Mainly because there's hurdles, right? The big hurdle with Invent Medical is our is our government, right? So we need government approval of our product before we can even sell one of them. And I can tell you from you know six years of experience. Getting FDA approval on a medical device is, is is not for the faint of heart. Very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> but but it's going well, right? And uh, the the product, and I'm not going to describe it as well as, as you, but it's a it's a respiratory type of um, ventilator. Yeah, it's a little bit. Um, so it's called high flow therapy. So we at Vet Medical are a high flow therapy company. All the devices we produce, the first device we we uh, have on the market right now that got government approval in October of, of last year under the emergency use authorization um, to treat COVID patients. So um, it, what it does is provide oxygen, needed oxygen to people that are suffering from you know respiratory issues. So like for COVID, for example, um, the initial thought was that if you got severe COVID, you needed to be put on a ventilator immediately. You know, unfortunately, because unfortunately COVID was a, a virus that we'd never seen before, um, we, uh, we made some mistakes, right? So the initial people that got COVID and got thrown in a ventilator real quick died. You know, 90% of them that got put on a ventilator died. Um, the reality was that they needed oxygen support, not, their lungs weren't damaged. So most of the time when you get put on a ventilator, your, your lungs are damaged. The COVID patients, um, their SBO2 dropped significantly and, and protocol before COVID was, if, if, they, if they're not able to breathe, put them on a ventilator. Uh, but we learned was they needed um, oxygen before, I mean, in severe cases to keep somebody alive, a ventilator is the way to do it. But in COVID, you first want to try to get them to breathe on their own better, which is what our machine does. So it, it provides high flow oxygen to help 
the lungs clear out and so that they, they can breathe, breathe on their own better. Fantastic. And what stage are you in in that FDA? It sounds like things are really kind of on the upswing for the company. Yeah, so we, you know, we're in the process of producing a thousand units right now. We've just signed a, um, all kinds of different agreements to get our product um, into the market, and um, you know, it's the whole ramp up stage. It's it's crazy, right? You know, because you spend six years developing your product, and we've developed six products right now. Even though um, it's difficult for us, because you know, we can put six products on the market today, but. Uh, the FDA will uh, make a stage that that rollout. So um, one of the things that's, you know, being not in this industry, I learned, which just seems crazy to me, is that <laughs> for us to get FDA approval, we have to use a predicate device. So that means a device that's already on the market, right? So that means you can't innovate so much to start. Like our first machine is, is going to be our lowest generation machine because we have to use existing products on the market to be similar to theirs to get approved. So now that we're approved, at least now we can use our device to bring our product to where, where it should be, which is innovative and, and market changing. Fantastic. How, how, you know, San Diego is becoming, has been, but even more and more, uh, you know, life sciences are, are getting so big here in the, you know, we're number, number four market for life sciences globally. Medical device is, is a huge industry for San Diego, especially Carlsbad, where, where you're located. Um, is being in that kind of environment in San Diego helpful for the company? I'm sure that it is, but how oh, it's huge. I mean, yeah. you know, the gosh, you know, going all the way back to Puritan Bennett, I mean, some of the greatest minds in the respiratory device business live right here in Carlsbad. You know, we've been so fortunate to tap into that talent. I mean, and, you know, I mean, you know, from, you know, your relationship with uh, Pat Miles and AlphaTech, you know, that whole spine business, you know, there's just so much talent that just lives here. And we, we have the same benefit, right? That we have all these respiratory um, people with so much experience that live either in Orange County or here in San Diego. And, and that's helped us a ton because, you know, when you're a startup company, you can't just hire people full time. Most of these guys and these great engineers that we have, you know, they make two, three hundred thousand dollars a year, right? But we've been able to hire them as consultants and yeah, you know, pay them a good amount of money per hour, but just been able to add talent as we need it so we can keep progressing. Yeah, that's great. All goes back to what you started with, which is the relationships and and even going deep on those relationships and 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 good things can happen. Well, um, I'm gonna let you get back to work. But so, lastly, uh, you know, I've been I've been watching a lot of other people and asking a lot of questions on kind of what what they do on a daily basis. You know, highly success, successful people, what kind of habits they have, uh, and what kind of whether it be meditation, you know, a morning walk, uh, you know, something that they think about every day. Is there one thing that you know, a tip that you would give to a uh, either a younger person or a, not a younger person who might be just, you know, struggling right now and, and trying to figure out what they're going to do next. You know, is there, is there something that you do every day to kind of keep your vision straight? Yeah. I, every day for, gosh, it's been at least 37 years. So I, you know, I usually get up 
about six or five thirty, and that's when I spend my time in my faith. I, you know, my faith in God is is huge, and and so you know, I, I open the Bible, and I, you know, I, I have a kind of now I have a set pattern of of how I go through the Bible, but uh, I take verses and then I write on them. Um, so I take a verse and then I just kind of just meditate on it and and see how that's gonna affect the way I do things and see things and. Um, that's something that I start off with every day and I have for probably 37 years now. Great. Well, George, you're a legend. Thanks so much. I really appreciate you being with me today. Yeah, no, I've, I've enjoyed it. And, you know, I look forward to, um, to, you know, working with you to expand our, um, our, our footprint here in Carlsbad with an invent medical. And you've been a great help so far, Bob. And it's just a great pleasure dealing with you. I, you know, for the people that are watching this, I could just tell you from personal experience, there's, there's nobody that I've ever dealt with that is as great as you are and what you do, Bob. And I really, really appreciate it. Wow, George, I can't thank you enough for saying that. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun as, as we start ramping up the new projects for Invent Medical. Great. Thank you, Bob. And I look forward to seeing you. I appreciate it, George. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.